It's Thursday, April 25th. Welcome to Skim This. We're breaking down the most complex stories of the day and giving you the context on why they matter. There are now 20 Democrats running in 2020. Today, we'll get into whether top contender Joe Biden is a shoe in or whether history could catch up with him. Then, North Korea and Russia are rekindling an old Cold War friendship. We'll give you the details on the big summit between Kim Jong-un and Vladimir Putin. And finally, we'll hear from some special guests who joined us today at The Skim. We're here to make your Thursday smarter. Let's skim this. Today's episode is brought to you by Delta. Delta connects people in 300 cities around the world. We connect the dots on what's happening in the world. Let's get into it. The most confusing question today is about Joe Biden. This morning, he dropped a video to say he's running. The core values of this nation, our standing in the world, our very democracy, everything that has made America, America is at stake. That's why today I'm announcing my candidacy for president of the United States. Biden may have just announced this morning, but in the Democratic 2020 primary, the former VP has been the frontrunner for a while. On the Dem side, he has the highest favorability ratings. That said, he's not the obvious winner. Even though we're still a year and a half out from the 2020 election, this party got started a long time ago. And there are already 19 other Democrats at the snack table. So Biden's making a big entrance, arriving fashionably late, and he's got some baggage with him, like decades worth of it. So we're going to get into why Joe Biden announcing his bid for the presidency is a game changer for 2020, but not an obvious slam dunk for him. Let's talk policy first. If the Democratic Party took a family picture, Biden would be one of those old uncles sitting in the front row. His nickname is actually Uncle Joe. He was just 29 years old when he was elected senator of Delaware in 1972. And then he just stayed in office until he became President Obama's VP in 2009. But things have changed a lot in the Democratic Party since Biden first came to Washington. In November, a wave of super progressive, super diverse candidates moved into the House. That progressive wing is getting louder and stronger, and it's pushing policy positions. In the past, Biden's taken some progressive stands. For example, he came out in support of same-sex marriage before President Obama. But Biden is definitely more of an old-school Democrat. He's moderate compared to Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren, who are talking about things like free college education and Medicare for all. And experts point out that the party hasn't totally changed just because more progressives are being elected. A 2016 study found that about half of Democratic primary voters identify as moderate or conservative, and a quarter of them are baby boomers or older, like Joe Biden. Biden was Obama's VP, but first, Biden ran against him in the 2008 election, and he ended up withdrawing and later endorsing Obama. This time, he's again a straight white guy. That's the next issue. He's running against the most diverse field of candidates ever, and his stance on race-related issues in the past may catch up with him. For example, when Biden started in politics, integration was still a major issue for the country. Civil rights leaders suggested busing black kids to white school districts and vice versa to help level the playing field, desegregating the schools. Most Democrats were actually opposed to busing at the time, including Joe Biden, and it was eventually canceled in many places. Since then, studies show that forced busing did have a huge positive impact for the kids who got to do it. Biden's since been praised for his efforts on civil rights. 
but some people are looking back at that particular policy point in light of what the country looks like now and thinking, huh. This is all important because black voters are a key demographic for Democrats in the presidential race. Biden's historically done well with black voters. Right now, he has around 40% of their vote. But now that black candidates like Kamala Harris and Cory Booker are gaining recognition, they could end up stealing his thunder, especially among black women voters, more than 90% of whom voted for Hillary Clinton in 2016 and have since come out in droves for Democrats like Senator Doug Jones of Alabama. And then there's Biden's role in the Anita Hill story. During Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas's confirmation hearing in the 90s, one of Thomas's former staffers, Anita Hill, came forward to say he had sexually harassed her at work. The hearing panel of 14 white male senators treated Hill, a black woman, with skepticism, including the guy running it, top Democrat on the Senate Judiciary Committee, Joe Biden. You have described the essence of the conversation in order for us to determine well, can you tell us in his words what he said? I, I really cannot quote him verbatim. Anita Hill got torn apart. That hearing came up a lot last fall when Dr. Christine Blasey Ford testified at Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh's hearing. A few weeks ago, Biden spoke about it again, but it was more of a non-apology. He said, I wish I could have done something. Today, Biden's campaign said that Biden had spoken with Anita Hill at some point, though they wouldn't say when or what he said. Anita Hill told the New York Times she left the conversation feeling unsatisfied, and she would not characterize his words as an apology. That kind of brings us to the elephant in the room, Biden's hands-on way of doing politics. As a lawmaker, Joe Biden's been a champion for women's rights. For example, he wrote the Violence Against Women Act. But within the last few weeks, a number of women have come forward saying that Biden touched them inappropriately or got a little too close for comfort. He didn't really apologize for that either. Social norms have begun to change. They've shifted. And the boundaries of protecting personal space have been reset. And I get it. I get it. I hear what they're saying. I understand it. So far in the 2020 race, no candidate has really called Biden out on this. Yet. Recent polls show that Democrats don't seem to mind stories about Biden not understanding boundaries. And because Biden's been around for decades and his base skews older, experts say this might not end up being a big deal. But that could be about to change, with a group of diverse and female candidates waiting to take him on. Of the 20 candidates running so far, six are women. That's almost a third of the field. Kirsten Gillibrand's been big on Me Too. And two of the women are women of color. Kamala Harris, and Tulsi Gabbard. So what's the skim? Biden's not just doing well in polls among Democrats. He's also beating President Trump in head-to-head polls. In some, so is Bernie Sanders. But experts say the reason he may be doing so well in the polls is because people think he's the best person to beat Trump, not because they like him the best. He's electable. That's a big point for Democrats. So Biden's at the top of the charts for now. But that could change as candidates get more stage time and as people start to pay less attention to who and how many people are running and instead what they're actually running for. Speaking of paying attention, some stuff went down halfway across the world today that you're going to want to hear about. That story's next. Okay, you know that fake laugh you do when you have no idea what the other person just said? 
It's a thing, no matter what country you live in, because awkwardness is the same in every language. Delta gets it. Delta flies to 300 cities around the world. That's 300 cities where people are laughing at something and hoping it wasn't a question. But Delta doesn't fly to 300 cities just to have awkward conversations. They do it to show us that we weren't that far apart to begin with. Delta, keep climbing. On the other side of the world, North Korea's leader, Kim Jong-un, gone in his armored train, rode for nine hours, and ended up in Russia, where he finally met and shook hands with Russian President Vladimir Putin. A few Russians gave Kim a traditional gift of bread and salt. Kim gave Putin a traditional sword. They ate Russian meat dumplings and borscht and chatted about nukes and international sanctions. Just, you know, small talk. Remember, that's what President Trump and Kim tried to do in Vietnam two months ago. And that didn't go so well. And negotiations haven't been so hot since. The U.S. is saying, first, get rid of your nukes. Then we'll drop sanctions. North Korea says, other way around. Drop the sanctions, then we'll get rid of our nukes. And to show they still have them, North Korea tested a missile last week. So now, Putin and Kim are summiting. This is like Kim saying to the U.S., remember, we've still got other friends we can call. North Korea and Russia have been comrades since back in the Cold War days. But Putin says he's with the U.S. on denuclearization. Russia wants North Korea to get rid of the nukes, too. At the summit, he told Kim to stop flexing his nuclear muscles at people. They apparently agreed on the need to follow international law. Kim says he's ready to do that at some point. But he doesn't want to give up his nuclear weapons until he gets a promise that other countries aren't going to attack. He wants to make sure he keeps control over his country. And he wants Russia's help in getting rid of sanctions. Remember, that's what broke down talks at the Trump-Kim summit. And this isn't the first time Kim has tried to cozy up to Russia to get some relief. Last fall, former UN ambassador Nikki Haley accused Russia of undermining the enforcement of international sanctions on North Korea. Russian corruption is like a virus. It is impeding our ability to achieve complete denuclearization in North Korea. Now it is spread to the sanctions reporting process. At the time, Russia's ambassador said sanctions can't replace diplomacy. And it seems they're trying to be diplomatic about this summit, too. Both Kim and Putin said there were no secrets from their one-on-one. And Kim asked Putin to share what they had talked about with the U.S. and with China. That's where Putin is heading tomorrow. China is another old Cold War friend of Russia and North Korea, and a superpower the U.S. has been struggling to make deals with. Other people acting like adults today? Your co-workers' kids. It's Take Your Kid to Work Day. That's next. Hello, Mommy. Welcome to the zoo. Welcome to the zoo. So today was Welcome to the Zoo, a.k.a. Take Your Kids to Work Day. Across the U.S., millions of kids got to commute to the office with their parents, including right here at the Skim. First, our mom took us to the train station. We took two trains. Yeah, we took one train, and then we took another train. We walked, and then we got here. They got to see what their parents do at work. To be honest, they didn't seem so sure about what that actually is. Okay, playing the computer. He works and um, does work on his does work on computers. But to be fair, it's about as specific as they got about what they do in school. 
math and recess? Right out. Well, I like to read books. I like to play you. Take Your Kid to Work Day is all about showing kids their options for later, for what they can do when they grow up. I want to be an inventor. A soccer player? A doctor. I see. A fire truck. Did you catch that? He said he wanted to be a fire truck. We don't have one of those. But they taught us some stuff, too. Fun fact, today is the 26th anniversary of kids shadowing their parents at work. Now, they do know one of the things we do here at The Skim, talking to microphones. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you, guys, Jim. And that's all for Skim This. If you want to read up on some of the stories we talked about today, we've got a who's who in the race to 2020 and the whole backstory on North Korea and nuclear weapons. Check out our guides at theskim.com slash news slash guides. Don't forget to hit subscribe, and we'd love for you to share the show with your friends and rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you tomorrow.